Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champion, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. And we're live here on the 4th Down Experience Podcast. My name's Brian Jackson. Christopher Hughesby's on the line here. We're about to be on the hot seat, but first, definitely have to hit up my boy Chris. Chris, how's life going for you? Life is going well. Uh, been busy. You know, spring is around the corner. So for us, uh, us, up here in the Midwest, Minnesota, the weather's getting better. And I know you guys are always looking forward to hearing our weather report. So... Been in the 40s and 50s here recently, and the snow is almost gone. So um, it just feels good to get outside again. Yeah, but, uh, I was life, looking at your special teams FB Instagram account and saw quite a few kicks in the snow on the turf field. So I'm glad you guys were able to, to get out of your little honey holes and, and get outside. Yeah, and you know, it was great. Um, we were hoping the turf would have been a little bit more clear at the time, but it, it actually provided some great learning opportunities for the guys, you know, and, and, and practicing kicking on ice, you know, having to shorten up your steps, so you stay balanced. And, and even like the mental, physical aspect of doing it because guys tense up when they're on ice or something slippery. So it was a really good learning opportunity for them uh, for practice really next fall, you know, as their team plays later in the season. So it was a, it was a great learning opportunity. So no doubt, still no doubt. good with that type of situation. For sure. Well, I mean, down here yeah. the weather's great. Uh, we we have we've had some tornado warnings here recently. It's kind of it's kind of common getting into April May down here in the South where um, you get uh, the moisture coming off the the Gulf and then warm weather and cold weather hit and creates tornadoes and all that. But we're safe down here. Uh, my yard is green. I've already had to to mow it a couple times. So um, that's just what it's like down here. So getting uh, warmed up here with with training and, and camps. Um, coming up, we have a Atlanta camp, uh, April 7th, I believe. Um, so for high school Jugo kickers that are listening, I would love for you to consider that. Just go to nationalkickingrankings.com and sign up and come get some, some learning experiences, get better, and, and get some exposure. But before we get into our podcast and, and a great interviewee today, we're going to put each other on the hot seat. This is something new um, that we added uh, last week, and uh, basically, uh, Chris has put down three questions. I've put down three questions. We don't know what they are, um, but we're going to put each other on the hot, speed, hot seat. Um, are you ready, Chris? I am ready. Cool. Who goes first? Uh, you're shorter, so you go first. <laughs> oh, nice. All right, cool. This is going to be, I think, this might be a tough one. I don't know. Um, all right. All right, Chris, you are now on the hot seat. Okay. If there was a head coach you could choose to play for in college, who would it be and why? Dang, good question. Um, you know, uh, being the local guy in Minnesota, uh, I really looked up to Jerry Kill. Uh, he was just a real good kind of players coach, uh, real personable, cared about everybody. Um, I really looked up to him, and he actually gave me some great advice when I was getting going in, in, in my kicking business. Um and actually, it was a guy that gave me a lot of confidence in what I was doing, too. So, uh, however, he just recently retired. So, um, I actually really like what P.J. Fleck is doing, um, the new Gophers coach. I just like his, his style. He's got energy. He relates well with the kids. Row the boat. Yep, row the boat. I'm rowing it. Um, <laughs> he's getting people on board. Um, I do like him. And sorry, uh, it, would be, it would be fun to uh, be a player under Nick Saban. You know, just nice. just just to learn from him and that championship mentality. Um, just you know, you just it's it's a whole nother level, man. When your team is just always in contention nationally, year in and year out. You know, so I would just love to experience that and be a part of that. Great answer. Thanks, man. Good question. All right, Brian. Going back to your college days, um, give me one or two of your most memorable moments. As a college athlete, in game, in game, most memorable moment college level playing for Ball State was definitely by far 
um, playing at Western Michigan in 2005, I believe. Uh, we went into five overtimes. It was very, very cold. Uh, the game lasted for five hours. No, no, four hours and seven minutes. Dang. Uh, that's how long the game lasted. Uh, and it was my first ever game-winning field goal attempt to end the game. Um, their kicker had a chance to win it, I believe, in the fourth overtime, and he uh, missed it wide right very badly. Uh, and then I had an opportunity to make a 30-yarder, I believe, but they brought the whole house. I really wish that we had the technology back then where someone could have could have taken a really cool photo of just everyone trying to block it. I mean, they had all 11 guys were in there, and, and uh, I was able to put it through. So definitely hitting the game winner to, to win the five overtime. And, and for, I think, three weeks, we had the record for longest game in college football history. Uh, so that was kind of cool. And then someone, I think someone went to six overtimes like three weeks later and broke our record. So that was number one. Um, number two definitely would be my career long. Uh, just because you always have that like stigma as a short kicker, you know, that, that you can't kick it far. Or, or at least for me, I was just a consistent, steady kicker. You know, so being able to, to hit a 54-yarder at the college level at Northern Illinois um, in 2005 as well. Uh, that was pretty cool. I still have the longest, um, I'm tied for the longest field goal record in Northern Illinois stadium. So that, that would definitely be my two that just hit me off the head there. That I just answered that question that most memorable moments in college. Hey, good answers. I enjoyed hearing that. Great. Thanks for putting me on the hot seat. Now you're now on the hot seat. All right. So this is going to be another tough question, I think. Um, but it's good for the brand. Uh, at one point, we had a female kicker. Her name was Katie. I'm trying to remember what was her last name, Chris? Katie? Hinda. Hinda. I think she was the only one to play D1 uh, college football for New Mexico or New Mexico State? Was uh, the Lobos. The it Lobos. was the Lobos. The Lobos, right? So my question to you, Chris, do you think there will be another D1 female kicker to play at the FBS level in the next 10 years? Yes, I think so. Uh, you know, just from my perspective, uh, over the last probably five years, I've, I've probably trained five or six female athlete kickers. Um, I think I think there's a growing interest in uh, females, you know, wanting to play football and kick and, and all that. And so... I think so. I think that it's there's bound to be one. You know, we have a circle of, of, of kicking coach friends, and and everybody, you know, usually tells each other if they got a you know a great female kicker coming up the pipeline, and mm-hmm. there's, there's got there's got to be one. You know, I, I agree. I agree 100 percent with you. I trained a female kicker a few years ago. Actually, uh, we started her senior year, like the summer of her senior year, and uh, we started out. Her, her max was a 37 yarder, and then by her senior, end of her senior year. Um, we got her up to 52 yards and it was incredible. Yeah. And, um, she had, uh, she had a knee problem. So she would, she always wore a brace and she needed knee surgery, but she was waiting until the season ended. But we actually had D2 schools in Minnesota that, that wanted her to be on their program. And, and she, uh, at the time turned it down cause she was going to get the knee surgery and then was hoping to pick it back up at, at that point. But in the end, she just didn't get back into kicking, but, uh, there's going to be someone there's got to be. No doubt. I love that answer, and I, I agree. I think there will be a female that will play definitely within the next 10 years at the FBS level. Yep. All right, Brian, your turn for the hot seat. Okay. I'm, I'm big on memories. So your your short stint with the Bears, what are two memories that bring you back and that kind of come to mind when you think about that, whether it's playing or practice or just anything with with your time with the bears what what are two memories that stand out or come to mind quickly uh a silly one um was all the swag that we got and as well as the toiletries uh i i think you know everyone needs to know that you get a lot of toiletries when you go to the bears rookie camp uh and i know that's kind of a silly answer but i mean i was excited i mean i got a ton of of gear that i can't fit into at this current stage of my life because I'm like 20 pounds heavier than what I was then but it's still cool to have 
bare shorts, shirts, you know, the whole sweatpants deal and, and towels and all that. But man, they had so many different types of shaving cream, um, you know, razors, uh, shampoo, just everything down there. Like, it was just crazy. Like how much, like those, those are the little things. They're just kind of like, this is pretty cool. Like, uh, and even just the, the, the chef that was there and the meals for the, the four or five days we were there was awesome. Like, it's so cool that they have all those resources. As far as um, as far as the football side of things, uh, you know, just being able to put on number six and and getting out there and and kicking on a practice field that that Robbie Gould had been kicking on and the uprights and just the whole the whole thing, you know, Levy Smith standing right over your shoulder. That you can't beat that man. It's, it's just like the highest level. Obviously, you know, you can beat it because you can play in a real game, but. As far as my experience, it was just so surreal and, and exciting. And as I look back, I, I just wish I would have, um, I wouldn't have been so tense. You know, I wish I would have been more in the moment, like Sam said, you know, or like, like Sam had said in a previous interview. Um, but at, at this time, you know, I, I look back and I still don't, don't regret it because I learned a lot at that, um, at that rookie camp. And I would definitely say, you know, some of the, the cool stuff, the swag that you get, and then, you know, being on the field with legends and getting able to compete and show your talents in front of, you know, one of the 32 most elite teams in, in the world, you know, definitely were two things that I took back. Oh, that's cool. I, I had no idea about the, uh, the toiletries, but that's pretty sweet. That's yeah, cool. I, I actually took a picture of it on Facebook, so I ha- I'll be able to show it to you soon. <laughs> cool. Um, all right, cool. So uh, this is kind of a silly question, um, not football related. Um, if you went to a Dairy Queen, okay, sorry, you're on the hot seat, Chris. <laughs> if you went to Dairy Queen, what kind of blizzard would you get? It's a chocolate chip cookie dough extra scoop. So, <laughs> All right, nice. I love chocolate chip cookie dough or just the cookie dough flavor. And I usually always ask for the extra serving or the extra topping or whatever and pay the extra dollar fifty or however whatever they charge. But uh nice. Yep. Cookie dough blizzard. All right. So, all right. Here's a question for you. Um another deep thought type of question. All right. So when you were in high school or, or sorry, sorry, when you were in college, when did you realize that you maybe had what it took to play at the pro level? and or arena level did you have that aha moment yeah i think junior year um kind of spinning off on some of the questions you you asked earlier like you know once i started seeing my numbers getting up i was able to put a longer kick on the board uh added more touchbacks my junior year than than my freshman and sophomore year um i'd, I'd probably say the the inter the the meeting with uh coach brady hoke after that season um, so probably around December, January timeframe was when it clicked for me that I have a chance, you know, and so, uh, leading it going into senior year, um, that off season beforehand was about when, all right, Hey man, I have a chance. Uh, you know, I've been able to show that I'm consistent, you know, steady was the word they always used to me on different websites, but, um, making some longer kicks, making a game winner, uh, those type things, been able to handle kickoffs and field goals as a starter for three consecutive years at the FBS level. So I think that's when it clicked for me, Chris, that I was able to say like, Hey man, I, I can play at the next level for me for, you know, I'd always said, you know, my, my goal is to play at the arena level, but my dream is to play in the NFL. That was kind of my little quote that I always had in my head. So I just kind of just worked off that. And, and, and that way I had a, a realistic goal as well as a bonus goal. And, you know, that bonus goal in my mind, I felt Felt pretty pretty good about it because I was at least able to make a rookie camp with uh, with the Bears. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. All right. So before we get into our interview, guys, uh, we're going to roll into our advice segments. Uh, as you know, we like to give advice, let you guys uh, just teach you some free advice and some things along the way. Um, the topic we wanted to talk about here was, was spring recruiting. All right. So as you guys all know, uh, Signing day was a few months back, and, uh, you know, we always try to teach the specialists that, you know, if you're not in that sort of top 10%, it's okay to be patient and wait, and, 
you know, Brian and I were recently talking about how frequently we're still getting hit up by Division One coaches about specialists. You know, uh, you know, without sort of putting them on the spot. I mean, they, they're, they're coaches that represent the ACC, the Mountain West, the MAC. Um, and actually, I was just texting with a actually an old trainee of mine who just got a recruitment uh, assistant position with Rutgers. So, nice, uh, nice. so we we're just chatting a little bit about recruiting, uh, but there's still opportunities out there for you guys. And it's a matter of kind of how patient you want to be and, and get that stuff sorted out. But, um, what, what are you hearing on your side too, Brent? Yeah, I, I'm still getting, uh, Twitter DMS from football coaches, uh, just saying, Hey, I, I just need, I need a list of your guys and they're specific too. They'll say, I need a kickoff punt guy, you know, um, or I need a guy that can, that can kick, but I only have a ha- half scholarship, you know? So, I'm still hearing it. Uh, you know, we've seen two guys now just recently that have committed and decided where they're going to go. You know, it's 2018 specialists. So I think that's exciting. It's what we preach at our kicking camps is that, you know, even though it's March, mid-March, signing day has been a month by, you know, you still can sign with a school. So don't quit. You know, be patient. Wait out some options. I saw Chris tweet out something today that, on a special teams FB account that, Hey, like, you know, some of these coaches want to see what's going on in their spring ball. And when they can evaluate their specialists, then they can be like, Hey, I need a guy now we're struggling. So I think that's really interesting because there's like 130 something D one schools now, you know, so there's a lot of opportunity out there. So I think guys that are 2018 Juco, that are still looking for home. Don't quit. Don't give up. Yeah. And I'm just going to, I'm kind of doing an unsolicited plug towards Brian, guys. Uh, Brian is super connected through Twitter with all these college coaches. He's worth hitting up uh, for for lessons and virtual lessons and even just the camps that he does or the camps I do with him. But he he's as close as I've seen with guys that got his head, his, his hand to the pulse, you know, heart to the pulse or whatever. But he's got a good pulse on what's going on out there, guys. So if you're listening and you've never trained with Brian, reach out to him about opportunities and camps and and if it's a camp that i'm involved with you know we i think we do a fantastic job of really putting you for really trying to connect you with those college coaches out there so uh keep it up brian it's yeah. just been fun to see that develop over the years knowing you thanks man you too um we're a good tandem and so we hope you guys uh will come to to one of our camps soon uh so we have a great guest on today uh we're excited for for him to be on um hopefully provide a lot of really good value so uh, we're just going to wait for him to be on the line right now. A recent signee uh, with an NFL team and representing a country outside the U.S. So if you guys know some of the names floating out there, just see if you can guess it before he calls in. Guess will be coming on here soon, shortly. Uh, I think actually he's calling in right now. Hey, Sam, you there? Yes, sir. All right, great. Uh, welcome, we have Sam. Sam. Hey, welcome to the fourth down experience. It's uh, it's good to be here, guys. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Sam Irwin Hill recently just signed with the Redskins as a punter, potentially a combo prospect. Um, and we're excited about Sam. Uh, he's been in the free agent process. Uh, he's been with a handful of NFL teams, been a successful specialist. And uh, another Australian guy here on the podcast, right, Sam? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good to be here. Uh, just recently got back from Australia too, so uh, it's going to be back in America doing my thing, so uh, more more than excited to uh, start this journey. So. You know, Sam, we had um, Lachlan Edwards on the podcast recently, and, and uh, he was great to talk to. Um, obviously, I've met you in person once, you know, at a camp, and, and it was great to, to finally meet you in person, And but uh, we actually gained about 30 new listeners from Australia so I know they're going to be excited to hear your story. Yes, sir, without a doubt. I mean, you know, just over the last few years, I guess, um, the exposure um, within Australia um, and, and the NFL um, has, has has been huge. Um, you know, in particular, like guys like Lockie and myself and uh, like Jordan Berry and um, a, a lot of the guys that sort of paved the way for American football, um, you know, from Australia. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's getting bigger and bigger every year, so it's, uh, it's definitely exciting, too. So. Great. All right, so, Sam, so let's, let's talk about kind of your, 
a whirlwind for your life the last few weeks, and then we'll kind of work our, our, our way backwards. So, obviously, you got signed a few days ago. What was your life like kind of the last two, three weeks leading up to it? I, I think I followed you, and you had done a few tryouts or, or free agent tryouts. What kind of what's, what's that life like as a free agent leading into getting signed? Um, well, uh, it's, 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 it's funny because, you know, uh, it's not, you don't have much stability at all. It's, it, it, there's a lot of, uh, inconsistency, you know, um, jumping back from Australia, you know, to the United States, fixing up my visa, um, you know, training and whatnot. Um, I'm obviously down in, uh, in, in San Diego training with, uh, with John Carney and a, a bunch of NFL college guys down there. Um, and with Nathan Chapman and John Smith back in, uh, back in Australia with Prokick, the academy back there. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I, I, uh, got everything, everything sorted out with, uh, with my visa. I, I came back to the United States a few weeks ago and, um, and scheduled, uh, myself around the, uh, the, the, the Zona combine, um, went there the, uh, last week actually and, um, and had a really good, uh, couple of days, uh, both, kicking field goals, punting, kicking off, and holding. And, uh, yeah, had some interest from some NFL teams. Um, and, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd been in talks with, uh, with Coach Cock Weaker at the Redskins, and, um, and uh, I was more than happy to, uh, to, to go ahead and, um, and, and become a Redskin. So it's, uh, it's definitely been exciting. It's been a long journey. Uh, it's always a long journey as a free agent, but... Um, you know, at the same time, I, I love what I do. I love training for the, uh, for, for, you know, uh, you know, I love training to, I guess, chase this NFL dream. And, uh, and I'm excited about it. So, well, it's going to be to yeah. totally worth it because, um, I know you've been with a handful of NFL teams and camps. And I think with you, um, talking about what you did at the Zoner camp where you did pretty much every skill set other than snapping, you know, you, you kick off you did field goals you punted and you held so obviously you're a taller um, bigger guy you're athletic so I, I think uh the redskins and several these other several teams probably said hey man this guy's got a, he's like he's very versatile he's got a lot of things going for him so um do you think that helps that you're a combo guy you can do so much um yeah yeah absolutely well i you know uh obviously we saw it last year um you know when i was in camp and and, and preseason with the, uh, with the Cowboys. I mean, you know, I, I went in to, uh, to compete for the kicking role, uh, when, you know, when Dan, Dan Bailey got injured. So, um, so I, I got chucked in the deep end, you know, uh, for field goals. And, and, uh, you know, that was something that I always want to try. I always wanted to try, you know, to, uh, put the ball through the, through the sticks. And, uh, I've always been excited about, you know, um, lining up for field goals, um, and, did it with the with the Cowboys, so uh, I thought I, you know, I sort of thought to myself, well, I was like, well, you know, if it means that I can do it and I can do it at the highest of levels, then I could go to a combine like in Arizona, like at Villanova, and and uh, I can kick field goals, punt, kick off, and you know, whichever team wanted me to do whatever, I, I could uh, I could certainly go there and and be either a kicker or a punter, and uh, and uh, yeah, so. Uh, but I, obviously, you know, primarily, I guess I am a, a punter, kickoff specialist, and um, I'm happy to be that. You know, I, I love punting, um, but I guess something like uh, like kicking field goals is just in the toolbox if needed. You know, so yeah. So hey, I got a question here. Um, you know, a lot of times we train kids that are exchange students to try to, and then they want to play collegiate football. You going through the visa process? At this point, because you've been out of college now for about three-ish years, um, were you renewing your visa just because it was expiring, or did you kind of have a feeling you you were maybe going to get picked up by a team and you're just getting your ducks in a row? Um, yeah, so the the visa the visa process uh, it, it's pretty tricky, especially once you once you finish college. I mean, you know, uh, being on an you know an F one student visa uh, for four years is um, you know that obviously there's uh, there's no worries about that. Um, it's totally fine. It's, uh, it's really what happens when you come out of college and, um, and I guess, you know, the, the path you choose, um, you know, typically what happens is you get a, uh, you get a one year extension, a work, uh, visa extension on your F1, um, straight out of college. So that gives you that one year leniency to be able to, you know, float around, have a job and obviously, you know, go to tryouts and, and this and that. And, um, 
but you know after that fifth year you know it, it becomes a little uh, a little more difficult uh, a little bit more complex um, and and you know that's typically where guys have to go back to Australia get things sorted out through the US consulate um, in Australia and then uh, come back and taste the dream so um, it's it's what uh, you know Jordan Berry did the same thing that I did you know uh, it's, it's it's typically you know you come over um, on a B1 B2 visa which is uh, which is a, a business um, uh, you know pretty much anywhere between three months to a year business visa um, and it means you can transition into a P1 visa given a team wants to sign you um, and when the team signs you, they obviously, um, you know, get all that expedited. So, um, you know, obviously it, it comes down to you and your performances. When you get over here, you pretty much have like a time, uh, you know, a clock on, on your, on your shoulder sort of thing. And, and, um, and, and you just hope that doesn't run out and you hope that the team picks you up, uh, given you do really well. So, um, that's pretty much my, men- that was my mentality the last couple of years, um, you know, and I was just fortunate enough for the Cowboys to sign me last year and the, uh, the Redskins to sign me this year. So, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, the visa, it is, it is what it is. Um, you know, but, uh, it's for the love of the game and, and, uh, you know, I, these are just the little things you have to do and, uh, the sacrifices you have to make if, uh, uh, being an international, uh, of, uh, of the NFL. So, yeah, you know, Sam, there's been, uh, Sam, there's been lots of uh, Australian guys that are killing it, not only um, at the college ranks, uh, but as well as the NFL ranks. Uh, is there a sense of pride? You know, like, hey, like this is this is awesome. We got a lot of our boys from Australia that that are making it. You know, uh, is there a level of pride there? Sorry, guys. I just think you were breaking up there. Uh, could you hear me? Um. Yeah, yeah, that should be better, yeah, yep. Yeah, there was kind of a weird sound there. Um, all right, let me... Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. All right, uh, all right, so Sam, there's been several guys from Australia that not only are playing at the college ranks, but as well as the NFL level. Um, you know, is there a sense of pride there on seeing, you know, the, the Australian boys that are that are making it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, you know, it's exciting. Uh, there's more and more of you guys coming over every single year, and, um, and it, it, it's huge, especially... Knowing that you were you you were one of the guys that sort of paved the way um, for these younger guys coming through, and uh, and you know they they've seen you on TV, they've seen you you know go through these academies, um, so they 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 sort of installs that belief in them that they can go and do it, um, and you know jumping the pond becomes a little easier than um, maybe it probably once was a little you know more daunting but now it's it's just a 14 and a half hour plane flight and a visa and all of a sudden you're in college and uh and and yeah but uh but all those guys it's almost like a little fraternity you know uh we're all uh we all cheer on each other and and we're all happy for each other so uh that's exciting there's gonna be more and more coming over so yeah has uh has lachlan reached out to you yet or have you guys connected in the last few days since the signing just uh um so uh so no i haven't heard from Lockie um not yet but uh but yeah he's usually in san diego around this time uh training so i'm sure he's going to pop into uh to one of the facilities over the next few weeks and uh there's no doubt i'll i'll, I'll catch up with him and I'll, I'll i'll say g'day and and uh and yeah awesome hey nice. sam, sam i mentioned or i heard you mention that um you work out with carney kicking and i've seen um steve weatherford we actually interact on instagram here and there and he's going to be on the podcast soon. Uh, when um, when you guys are over there working out with Carney, and you got that workout facility, have you had a chance to run into Steve Weatherford? And if, if you did, what was that like? Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, spoke with Steve on Saturday night. We had the at a dinner with the pros um, event going on, uh, helping raise money for you know the less fortunate kids. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, and, uh, managed to, you know, have a, have a, have a really good conversation with him. Um, obviously, you know, I idolized Steve, not for just his gym work, but, you know, the way he punted, um, in particular in, uh, in New York and, uh, and, and the way he could, um, manipulate the, the weather and, and use it to his advantage. Um, I, you know, so, um, you obviously, you know, our kicking mechanics are fundamentally very similar as well. So, uh, but, you know, the, the guy obviously, um, he's, you know, uh, right into the gym, right into kicking, and I see myself a lot like him as well. Um, so you know, it's exciting to bump into him and have a conversation about um, you know things that are that you uh, have uh, have a lot of relevance um, together with. So 
Um, Steve's a great guy. Uh, obviously, loves the gym. You know, um, loves you know being healthy and whatnot. But um, right. Yeah. So. Great. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so, I always like to understand the process because we know everybody's uh, story, their journey, and how they get to where they're at. Whether it's getting into college, getting into the pros, is different. Um, you obviously, I'm assuming you gathered some great film uh, with the Cowboys. What were a few variables that you think helped you? from last year into this year that you sort of learned to get you to where you're at with the Redskins? What were some factors that you think helped you along the way? Um, well, the most important thing uh, was experience, um, you know, and that almost goes all the way back to Indianapolis and, and you know, being in camp there, uh, all the mini camps that I had, you know, 2015 and 16. Um, and then obviously off season, pre season, uh, five, six months that I spent with the Cowboys. Um, experience went a long way. Um, I learned a lot that, um, I, you know, didn't, uh, I didn't really know going into, um, Indianapolis. Um, uh, you know, I understood how to, how to compose myself, how to take care of what I needed to take care of, how to sort of, as a specialist, you know, um, trying not to ride the wave of the team and, and, and get too excited. Um, you know, especially, you know, uh, in your position. Um, it's, it's definitely important. Um, and then again, when you're doing all three, um, for, for a team like Dallas, um, you know, it can be very overwhelming, but, um, I learned how to sort of, you know, uh, take control of those, um, emotions and, uh, and really just be in the moment, be aware, be conscious, and most importantly, have fun with it. Um, I, I've, uh, you know, in my first few years, uh, uh, in Arkansas, you know, I, I sort of, uh, I sort of probably took things a little too serious because it meant a lot to me. Um, but I've understood as the, you know, the games, as I've sort of matured in the game um, of American football, uh, I've understood that, you know, I've worked my butt off to get to where I'm at, um, you know, and uh, there's no reason why I can't, you know, put a smile on my face and and relax and and be in the moment and just uh, and just enjoy it as much as uh, I play well too. So. Um, I think that's probably been the biggest thing that I'm going to take into 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 Washington is uh, you know that I'm going to enjoy what I'm doing and and uh, I'm going to have you know fun with it. I'm going to work hard um, without a doubt and uh, and just really hone in on in uh, on what I've got to do as a as a specialist, as a punter, um, as a guy that can you know serve you know Dustin Hopkins for his field goals you know as a holder. So. Um, that's uh, obviously really, really important to me, and what I've been able to ingrain into my, uh, into my, into my head. So yeah, love that, love that mindset. Um, you know, Definitely. You, you talk about uh, when variables with Steve Weatherford, and um, now you're going to be going up into Washington, which there's definitely some weather variables up there. Uh, you've you played at City College of San Francisco, and then you played a couple years at Arkansas, um, and that's still in the middle of the country where there's some wind at times. Uh, so do you think um, there have been games at the college level? Uh, that have been able to give you a little bit of experience uh, now that you're going to be going into Washington where you're going to be dealing with crossing winds, et cetera? Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, every bit of that, whether I played a good game or a bad game, I've learned, you know, um, and it's, it's the experience that I needed. Um, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we, we don't all get ideal conditions. So um, being comfortable with the, with the uncomfortable is um, it's an important thing. It's, a, it's an important mental state to have. And, uh, and that's what I've learned and that's what I've understood that, uh, you can't control environmental factors. Um, the only thing you can do is, uh, is appreciate it, embrace, embrace the fact that it's there and, um, just go about your job. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm aware that whether it's in Washington or, uh, you know, where, wherever else we're going to be playing, um, that there's going to be, a uh, an environmental factor. Um, but, you know, that's, uh, that's out of my, uh, you know, uh, ability to control. Uh, all I can do is control what I can control, and um, and do my best, and uh, and turn some balls over. So, so just kind of dealing with and kind of playing off the weather variables. Um, you know, everybody seems to love the growing trend of the Aussie punt, and um, you know, to, uh, a guy that Brian and I have gotten to know over the years is Darren Bennett, and I'm sure I'm sure he's probably kind of the goat for you guys coming out of Australia, but. Uh, you have certain Aussie style punts or certain unique punts like the banana and all that stuff that you would use in weather scenarios that, that kind of help you out to, to control the ball flight in the air? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely have a lot of uh, different kicks under my belt. Uh, and, you know, it's just like field goal kicking. It's like, you know, whether we use them or not, you know, I'm not too sure. But, you know, what I do know is uh, is that, you know, obviously the traditional style of kicking is, um, has always been around. Statistically, it's, um, it's, it's probably the more reliable kick um, at this point. Uh, but, you know, uh, in the years to come, I mean, you know, there's going to be all types of different kicks. Um, you know, you just have to look at what Darren's been able to do, um, who's truly been a big inspiration uh, to me and a lot of Australian guys. Um, and the way, you know, he's been able to kick is, a, you know, is the same way that obviously we've been brought up kicking in Australian rules, um, doing all types of different kicks and, in fact, being able to do it right foot and left foot. Um, which I was able to do uh, in San Francisco and Arkansas. So, um, you know, not that I'm going to go out there and kick a left foot punt, you know, um, but I'm sure, you know, one day, uh, you know, uh, the punting job is going to be a little bit more complex uh, for the returners than, than what it you know, probably is right now. So, uh, but what I, you know, I'm going to go there and, uh, and, and just uh, do what coach wants me to do. And, um, you know, I'm sure I've got some tricks in my bag. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. Sam, okay, question playing off the Aussie punt in the different styles. I'm always fascinated as to how they work in the different holds. Can you name off four or five of the names of the of those unique Aussie punts like the banana? Um, just to just to let the audience know that there's like there's a lot of options out there that you could learn to kind of give you a lot of uh, kind of art, you know, quivers in your in your inner yeah, so uh, so you've got obviously the um, obviously the regular drop punt, which is an end over end. Um, you've got uh, you've got the banana, which is the one that you kick on the inside of your foot, which is which for a right footer shapes to the left. But then you also have a check side, which is kick with the outside of the foot. So for a right footer, it shapes to the right. Um, then you have uh, you know you have obviously. Uh, you know, a, a couple of different kicks where you offset your hips to the right side of the boundary for a right footer, but you kick the ball to the left side. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a couple of different kicks there. Um, but then again, you know, you know, uh, based on the environmental factors, whether you, whether you use it or not, um, is completely up to the coach and obviously, you know, um, yourself in the moment as well. So, uh, but there's, there's, there's four or five there. So, um, yeah, is there like, one called the, yeah. the, is there like, one called the dirty banana? Sorry, what was that? Uh, I said, is there one called the dirty banana also? Um, <laughs> that's, uh, I haven't heard of that one actually. No, <laughs> Chris, I think you're. Can I get your mind out of the gutter, man? Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I have noticed yeah. that guys, um, just lately in it almost seemed like mid season in the NFL that these guys would uh, angle their hips and their feet to the right. Like they were directional punting, right. And then at the last second, as they were going to plant, they swung their body, you know, their leg across their body and the ball was going left. So um, I actually saw a, a couple of Carney's videos of, I don't know if it was you or some other guys, it was probably you that were doing that. So that's obviously just, um, you know, revolutionizing the game. And, and that's, is that now becoming kind of a, a popular um, punt amongst amongst like special teams coaches in the NFL level? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of the coaches that I've spoken to um, have asked me about that punt uh, in particular, um, and and it's something we you know as Australians can obviously do very well. Mm -hmm. um, whether whether it's a spiral across the body or it's a drop punt. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, spiral's probably going to go for a bit more distance where drop punts more accuracy. Um, you know, but, uh, but it, it does get brought up a lot. Um, and, uh, obviously, you know, it's, it's fairly reliable for us. Um, you know, and if that means they got to have two returners back there, then so be it, you know. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, you can definitely get the more, uh, some more net yardage on, on a punt like that. Um, you know, it's just up to, up to the coaches to see what they really want to do. So. Yeah. And I think we have to just clarify for the audience, you know, more, more so the high school level students that are listening, um, that, where when Sam is saying a drop punt, which most Australians you're going to hear them say <laughs> say a drop punt, which is totally fine. Uh, you'll hear American coaches say, "Hey, let's do an Aussie punt. Let's you know, let's see an Aussie punt." All right, the the right. technical term we should be saying 
all of us, Americans, Australians, whoever, should be saying the drop punt. That that should be somewhat accurate, right, Sam? Correct, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, you know, in more logical terms, yes, it's an end-over-end, mm-hmm. um, you know, or the Aussie. But, uh, but yeah, you know, being, uh, being from Australia, um, it's always been the, the, you know, the drop punt. Drop punt, uh, That's what we, we, yeah, yeah. So, you know, literally taken in the United States, people would think that it hit the ground before you actually kick it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but, you know, it's, uh, a drop punt is, you know, uh, it, 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 you know, it's just, uh, turns over just like an end over end. So. Right. So that's, so guys, yeah. just so you guys are listening, that's when we're trying to, you know, de- well, it depends, <laughs> but at least the lower levels, we're trying to get the ball inside the 10 yard lines, end over end rotation and get that thing to backspin. However, at the higher levels, the college, some college, but mostly NFL levels, guys will be back on their 10 yard line and they'll, they'll drop punt you know, an end over end ball, directional right, 50 yards with a four, eight hang, which is perfectly acceptable in the NFL. So at that level, they're still doing drop punts. Now we also have what's called a rugby punt. And as far as American kicking coaches and, and what we're teaching to the kids, when we say that, Sam, at least at the high school level, you know, we're referring to that rollout where they're running out to the right and they're, they're hitting a line drive that's rolling. That's from the Australian viewpoint, is that a rugby punt or is there another term for that? Um, yeah, so uh, a, a rollout, yeah, it's almost like a like a rollout punt, rollout rugby, right. um, which uh, which which I, to be honest, um, uh, you know, I think that's more of an American term, right? Um, what's the what's I, the, I've, what's I didn't the hear that until I got to America. So what did, what are um, what are Australians? So that way we can get the record straight here. Yeah, so uh, so that punt's just pretty much like a, uh, uh, you know, in a, an Australian rolling out like that, the way they do, you know, you're either going to roll out and hit a drop punt. Okay. Um, you know, or it's going to be a, a roll out and you're going to hit a spiral on the run. Okay, um, okay. You know, so the, the, the rugby punt's definitely been incorporated by the United States, um, and obviously that's what I've heard, you know, a lot of the commentators um, go by. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's something... You know, coming from Melbourne, the southeast coast of Australia, where it's a it's a predominantly high influence of AFL, Australian Rules Football, mm-hmm. um, where rugby is not as big. Um, it's it's definitely uh, a, a word that hasn't been used. So, so when you were yeah, you probably when you're yeah. with Arkansas and you have American coaches, and hypothetically speaking, this is just an assumption on my part. They're saying, but, hey, we, hey, rugby right out to the side, or did did. Did you have that conversation with them, like, "Hey guys, it's not rugby," yeah. or did you just say, "Like, they're the they're the coach, I'm the player, I'm just gonna let them say what they say"? Like, what, how'd that conversation well, well, go down? Well, that's it. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, you know, um, you know, the the players playing the field, you know, the coaches coaching from up above. Um, so, you know, you it's really yes sir, no sir, sort of thing. So, um, if they if they want to call it rugby, then you're not going to question the coach, you know. So, because um, at the end of the day, they're doing what they're doing, and they know what they know for a reason. Um, and as long as you know what a rugby punt is, which obviously I, I, uh, I figured out what they were talking about, um, <laughs> then that's all really I need to know, you know, so. Great. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. All right, I had a question about the Colts time that you had uh, over in Indianapolis. Um, you had some mini camps there. Did you get a chance to learn from Pat McAfee and Adam Vinatieri while you were there? And if so, did yeah, they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, 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 what were some professional things that they, they taught you? Because that was really your first stint in the NFL, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, obviously it was uh, it was a little tough sort of uh, really fighting for a job when you've got two of the best um, kickers, punters that have ever played the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the good thing about that was that I learned a lot. Um, you know, Adam Vinatieri um, and, you know, uh, and, and Pat, it's two completely different people, um, you know. And uh, obviously, I understood that you know that that that, that Vinny and, um, and and someone like Dan Bailey are very very similar in terms of um, you know the way they are on and off the field in terms of being composed and you know in, all you know all time round. So, uh, but you know, but 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 in saying that, you know, I, I you know I did learn a lot um, from from Pat. Just, uh, just sort of like understanding the way he went about his uh, preparation, um, the way he, uh, the things that he did after punting, uh, were, were very, very, very consistent. 
So, uh, so it wasn't sort of like he was a reactor. He wasn't reacting to his environment. He was, um, he was making sure that he controlled his environment in terms of making sure he stretched, making sure he cooled down, uh, making sure he, uh, he was looking at the right film. Um, more, more importantly, what he needed to do right as opposed to, you know, always looking at the good kicks, for instance. Um, you know, but, uh, also looking at, at what he needed to fix. Um, so, you know, guys that are, uh, that are as professional as those guys, um, always have a regime, um, always have a way of, uh, way of, you know, preparing and going about things. Um, so I learned a lot in that aspect as opposed to actually kicking on the field. I obviously, um, you know, just stuck to what I know, what I knew, you know, I didn't really want to get caught up in, um, in kicking, uh, you know, I guess a different way, um, or, um, get too influenced by, you know, the way they kick because, you know, I'm obviously there for a reason and, and, uh, cause you know, the coaches like what I can do. So, um, but learn a lot from those guys and, uh, it was a great experience in Indianapolis. So, um, you know, um, I was just happy to get a foot in the door. So, yeah. So I got two more questions, uh, for you, Sam, this has been a fantastic right. interview. Um, uh, one is what were the top five stadiums that you played in at the college level at the, when you were in this SEC? Um, the top five. Okay. So my first one was Arkansas. Love playing at Arkansas. Um, being in front, there's, there's no better feeling than being in front of, of, uh, of, of 80,000 plus fans that are just rooting for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing more exciting than that, you know? Um, coming from Australia, that, that was huge to me. Right. Um, so playing at home, um, in, in Fayetteville was, was awesome. So, uh, number two was definitely, uh, AT, uh, AT&T Stadium down at Dallas. Um, you know, that, that, that's just amazing. Um, you know, Jerry Jones would always say that, um, this is Arkansas's home away from home. Um, and that's where I managed to run my touchdown. So, uh, nice. you know, felt the vibes there and, uh, and that was pretty strong. So, um, that was pretty, yeah, pretty special for me too. So, uh, but you know, um, other big stadiums, you know, obviously LSU's got a pretty cool field, uh, you know, Auburn, anywhere in the SEC you play, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. Um, and you know, uh, I loved every single bit of it, you know, so that, Every stadium was, you know, 90 plus, you know, 100, 100 plus. It was, it was pretty cool. But, you know, I, as much as I love playing on, uh, on, uh, on turf, I also like playing on grass too. So it was good to play down at, you know, Alabama and, you know, Auburn and, and whatnot. So, so it, uh, actually Florida was pretty cool too. You know, yeah. that was, uh, that was my dad's first game down in Florida. It's loud. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really, really short grass. Um, it was humid. Uh, perfect conditions to punt a football, um, you know, and, and sometimes it's kind of cool when you got, you know, 90 plus thousand people, you know, um, <laughs> not right. wanting you to do so well and, uh, and, and just embracing that, that pressure. All right. It's, so uh, Sam, it's pretty fun. So, so Sam, you're referring, you referred back to the touchdown that you scored in college. The ball looks like it's on the 51 yard line. Talk us through this punt, uh, fake and the touchdown. So, uh, so that was something that, uh, the coach B, uh, myself and, uh, our squad, uh, we'd been scripting that for a couple of weeks at that point. Uh, we knew that, we knew that A&M were, uh, were going to rush to the right. Uh, uh, you know, obviously they thought that I was going to go out and rugby it. So, uh, <laughs> we knew they were going to rush right. Uh, we swept them left and, uh, and that's all she wrote. Um, you know, I pretty much had an open paddock the whole way. Yeah. Um, and, and that's when uh, I was like, oh, you know what, uh, I better score a touchdown. (laughs) And, um, and if it wasn't for my snapper, you know, Alan Diapolonio, uh, down at the 10 yard line blocking, uh, blocking the returner, um, I may not have made it, but you know what, he was there, he provided me with that shield and, and, uh, I got through. So I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, obviously it doesn't happen too much. So to be able to be part of that, you know, um, is uh, is a is a huge deal. So yeah, Sam, um, you're sitting yeah. here flying past some of your guys, and it looks like you have about six guys blocking for you. And then a guy grabs you on the shoulder pads, you get away, and then a gra- a guy grabs you on the ankle, and you get away, and and you you run in the end zone, and you can't even celebrate because your teammates are just so stoked for you. That's got to be one of the most <laughs> exhilarating things yeah, ever. Yeah, it's quite funny. Um, the cameraman uh, uh, he'd always come up to me and be like, uh, "Remember the guy that you ran into." At the end of the at the end of the end zone, and I was like, "No, I can't," because you know I had so much adrenaline just pumping through. Me. But um, 
if you take a look at the uh, the video, um, just as I pass the end zone, it's kind of cool. Yeah, the seeing, cameraman goes uh, flying. Money Man Money Manzel is not too happy either. There's a little frame showing Johnny Manzel. He's not too happy about it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have expected anything else from from good old Johnny. You know, but, um, but no, nah, it was pretty good to sort of you know uh, dish it off to A and M like that. So you know, unfortunately, we didn't get over the you know at the end of the day um, on the scoreboard, but. Um, you know, to put points on the board is pretty exciting. So, you know, it's, it's always been in my nature to, uh, to to score points. You know, so Sam, what um, what was your forty? Um, oh, looking at the snap here from the rear view, your snapper did a fantastic job putting it on your left hip so it could lead you. That was money. Yeah, so that's I pretty a, much ran into it. It was like I was offsetting to the left to kick. That's so awesome. You know? Yeah. Yeah, what, what was your forty run uh, in, in in college, Sam? Um, oh, you know, I uh, I think like a four nine or something like that. Um, pretty slow, but I I gained a lot of weight. Um, you know, I I, I got to like two eighteen, I think, which was totally um, unfamiliar territory for me. Uh, you know, I'm obviously in the two ten right now, but um, so I was yeah two eighteen when I ran that forty. Uh, so I, pr- I don't feel that I was at my best, but you know I typically sit around like a right now about a about a four six four four six five. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay, wow. You- but yeah, you know, obviously, and it's something. It's something you know, being Australian, it's, it's something that you know, you, it's completely uncharted territory. You know, training for a combine, it's it's something that you know you haven't seen before. So you know, you're uh, you're still sort of learning and understanding um, how to sort of conduct your body, especially as a punter, you know, um, we obviously don't do too many different things in the combine apart from kicking and, and, um, and, 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 and punting and, and, you know, we had uh, five inches of snow that morning, so I couldn't go and kick. So, um, I, uh, kicked some field goals indoors, ran a, ran a 40 and pumped out a few, uh, a few 225. So that's perfect. So it's funny that you talk about that. So, um, this weekend here, I was training. I'm up in Minnesota, and uh, the snow's just about gone. But um, as it melts and gets cold, it, it, it gets a little icy. And we were kicking on kind of some snowy ground and a little bit of icy ground. And I was just literally telling the guys on the weekend, you know, we're practicing for next fall, you know, the late postseason runs and stuff like that. Um, but that that fake right there, um, how often did you guys practice that for that one perfect scenario of, of pulling that off? Are you talking about the fakes? Did you say? Yeah, the fakes. Yeah, the fakes. Oh, oh, oh. Um, it become like second nature, you know. Uh, we we ran that, uh, you know, a good, you know, thirty, forty times. Um, and 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 I'm talking like you know with the team, a bunch, but also just with the snapper and a few other guys, you know, um, just away from um, you know actual actual team drills. Um, because we knew that it was a big deal and we, you know, highly anticipated it. So, um, you know, scripting it like that, um, you know, becomes second nature. It's almost like, you know, you, you know that, you know that it's, uh, it's one of those things that you can anticipate and you know that, um, if it works, it's, it's, it's going to be pretty damn cool. So, um, but yeah, we, just a lot of, just a lot of practicing. So, um, it, it was something that I was pretty excited about, you know. Obviously, there were some fakes that we, you know, throw the ball with, and 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 coach sort of wasn't really a big fan of me throwing, but um, but he knew I could run, so um, so that was pretty cool. So, oh, that's great. I've enjoyed this interview so far. Um, I was a I was a punter by trade, kickoff as my second kick, and then field goal as my third. So, like, loved I loved hearing kind of what you talked about because I felt like. I tried, you know, I, I went that route, you know, and I tried it, and obviously you made it, so this has been fun for me. Um, I got, I got like, two or three questions left um, just to kind of understand the process, things like that for you. Uh, the the yeah, no, first question here is, as you're going through this process, did you have any punters you looked up to, any 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 role model types as a kicker? Um, yeah, 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 so definitely, uh, you know, I look up to um, guys like, uh, like Darren Bennett. You know Ben Graham, Sav Rocker, um, a lot of the Aussie guys. Uh, you know, I you know as I moved to San Francisco, I was a massive, massive fan of Andy Lee. Um, just the way he could uh, he kicked that ball, you know, um, in the winds of you know San Francisco at Candlestick Stadium. Um, 
you know, obviously Kick is a uh, massive fan of, you know, John Carney, uh, you know, Michael Husted. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these guys uh, have definitely influenced me. Um, and, and, you know, uh, obviously look up to them, uh, you know, a lot. So, both the, in both the punting and kicking game, yes, sir. All right, I got two last questions, and before I ask it, um, coincidentally, I you know I checked out your fakes here, you know, on, on YouTube as we were talking. The next video that pops up is called "Top Ten Fake Punts," put on by an account called Highlights and Mixes, and your pun actually is number five in their top ten, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, hey, uh, <laughs> Sam, did, did yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam, did that play that's make a, Sports Center that that's night? A good honor. Did that did that make Sports Center that night? I'm sorry. Did uh, that fake? punt did that make sports center that night yeah yeah i'm sure it did yeah i i, I believe it did you know so cool. um that's always nice you know obviously it doesn't happen too much so you know i i think it was you know maybe top top three or four i think yeah. <laughs> hopefully I, was, I think it was like maybe <laughs> no maybe it wasn't that high but you know but it was it was up there process like for you to try to get into first of all your first your first school uh uh, uh city college in san francisco and then what was it like to get into arkansas you being an australian um you know uh, the recruiting process um just worked pretty well for itself you know uh my first year you know we won a national championship um you know uh so so that pretty you know and i mean city, uh, a place like city college is you know fair and square on the board in terms of you know uh uh sending people to division one division two division three schools you know um all around the united states so it's predominantly very well known for that um so we won a national championship my first year you know um got a you know all american honors my second year um you know ended up with uh five or six different scholarship offers which is pretty you know pretty huge for me so mm-hmm. Uh, I was excited about it. The recruiting process was, um, you know, I, I had uh, guys come in from Arkansas on their jet um, and uh, and sit down and, and have a chat with me. So, um, you know, and at that point, I, I knew that it was a real deal. Um, you know, coming from Australia, you know, seeing a guy, you know, see a couple of couple of coaches, you know, flying from the middle of America or the United States to to the, to the West Coast to to talk to you for ten minutes, you know, about. Um, how serious they are about recruiting you, you know, it was a pretty big deal. So, um, at the end of the day, you know, um, I, I wasn't looking anywhere else but, you know, Arkansas. So, um, they, they, uh, they brought me out, I think, that following January for, uh, for a visit and, um, and loved it, loved the guys, loved the culture. Um, you know, obviously, you know, country boy at heart. Australia's country is a little bit, bit different to, uh, the United, it's a United States country, but, um, loved every moment of it. You know, Fayetteville was a great place and, uh, they uh they definitely sold me so well, that's great all right my last question that i got for you sam here um we all know as free agents uh you're basically training 364 days out of the year for that one tryout opportunity um uh, now that you finally secured a spot at the moment with redskins what are you going to do to kind of prepare your body your mind and in, in, in preparations for uh the upcoming season and what 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 things have helped you along the way, and kind of what's how you going to do it? So, uh, so pretty much, um, you know, the good thing about being in San Diego is that it provides me with that stability um, and that consistency. So, uh, you know, being a professional athlete, obviously, you're looking after your body seven days a week, twenty four hours a day. So you're always doing something every single day to uh, to get better. Um, you know, uh, myself and Coach Codwicker have, uh, have have talked over, you know our game plan and what, what, what he wants from me, uh, what he wants me to work on. Um, and obviously I've spoken to John about this, um, to my coaches back in Australia. So it's just a lot of, uh, a lot of small things done well, done consistently and, and, you know, trying to get better every single day. So when I, when April 16 comes around that I'm 100% prepared, 110% prepared and, uh, and ready for that moment. So, um, it's a very exciting time, you know, it's a, it's a little under a month, um, but, you know, just like being a free agent and not being signed and training for the unknown, um, you know, at the same time, you still carry that mentality that anything is possible and everything is possible, um, you know, so I'm reconditioning my mind every single day when I wake up, you know, I'm, 
I'm uh, treating myself as a professional athlete, um, and, and and that's the most important thing to uh, to uh, to to you know label yourself that way and and, and, and carry that mentality. So uh, and and obviously giving back to to the kids that obviously need it. You know that I also you know uh, you know train with and uh, and uh, just uh, being a professional athlete. So you know people can obviously identify you and and understand and learn and uh, and at the same time just keep getting better. So uh, it's an exciting period and um, and I'm just going to enjoy you know Southern California while I can. So yeah, no doubt, Sam. This has been a wonderful interview. We re- we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Um, I think uh, a lot of kids, like you had just said, are going to benefit from this, especially guys that are, are from Australia, but but even just the guys that are in the free agent world. I mean, you're a 27 year old, you know, so uh, you've been you've been doing this for a while now, and, and it's going to click. You know, this this may be the year that you stick, um, and and Chris and I fully believe that you will stick. And so I just think these guys um, need to have someone that they can say like, all right, this guy's been in it the last few years. You know, Chris and I, we we've, we've been out of it for a while now, so. They need to have guys that have been in it, and they can ask. So for those of you guys that are listening, um, you can follow uh, Sam on Instagram. Just type in Sam Irwin Hill, and you'll find him. Um, but he, he's he's a great guy. And again, Sam, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. No worries. Yeah, I think it's Sam Irwin Hill or Irwin Hill Samuel. Um, either way, yeah. <laughs> Go give me a follow. I'll, uh, I can, you know. You know, uh, respond to any 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 of your questions. You know, if anyone has any questions, just uh, just hit us up. So, yeah, thanks, Sam. Really appreciate your time. Uh, wonderful interview. I just love hearing about the process and your story and the journey and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to stay in touch, and obviously, we'll be cheering for you uh, from the TVs and the couch. Where we're absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, uh, well, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, it's been fun, and I uh, appreciate it. So, best of luck, yep. Sam. See ya. Yep. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Chris, you still there? Chris? Fuck. Wow, really enjoyed that interview, Chris. Uh, Sam is a fantastic guy. Yeah, that was great to hear about, you know. And I know we say it every week. I really enjoy all these interviews. They're all so unique in their own way. Absolutely. And uh, just to learn about their process, their story. I mean, that's that's half the battle for half the, for these kids that are listening to the podcast is learning how somebody did it, try to take a nugget from that and give them experience for the future as well. So, but well, yeah, great interview. Even if you're a, whether you're a 13 year old, a 23 year old, or even a about to be 33 year old like myself, you know, just getting to hear and understand that for, for Australian guys, when they roll out for what we call a rugby punt, all they're calling that is just a rollout drop punt. You know, they're rolling out yeah. to the right, and then they're hitting an end-over-end punt, basically, which they call a drop punt. And, you know, what we always call a rugby punt. But it's cool to hear that with the different cultures, and it's good to know that. So that way, when kicking coaches or, or college football coaches that are listening, when they're speaking with an Australian guy and they know to say drop punt, you know, that's something that we all just learned in this podcast just with the discussion that we had with Sam. So uh, completely benefited from this podcast on many levels. Yeah, same here, and that'll be, it's just more arsenal for us to uh, help the kids out that we train, whether they're in high school or college or at the professional level, just just uh, be able to teach them a little bit more. Yeah, and so guys, you know, we, we have a lot of awesome guests on the lineup. We say that every week, and it's true, um, it's just a matter of getting the right times in, which we're facilitating that, but if you guys have someone that, that we haven't interviewed yet, or if you're out there and you're listening and you want to be on this, you know, if, if you're not a high school or college athlete, because we can't, we can't do that yet, but we can work with everyone that's outside of college, you know, reach out to us on 4th Down Experience social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, or reach out to us on our personal platforms at Team Jackson Kicking and Special Teams FB. If you reach out to us, let us know if, if hey, you guys haven't hit up Dan Bailey yet. You know, I really want to hear him. Or, hey, you know, I'm going through the grind as a free agent. I have a really unique story. Like, don't be afraid to contact us because we'd love to be able to share that and fit you in when the time is right. Because here soon, you know, there's, there's potential that we're going to be nailing out, you know, two podcasts a week. And that may be in the summertime, but, um, you know, just, just don't, don't hesitate to contact us. 
I agree. And for you guys that have been following us uh, for a while, you know, we've, we've been doing this for four months. Uh, or some of you guys that are new, uh, we know we've picked up a lot of new listeners in the last few weeks. If you like what we're doing, if we could ask for a favor, just go to the iTunes and, and drop us a review. Uh, that's probably the, you know, a good, great way to let us know what, how, you know, what you think. Um, so, uh, so thank you guys for all the support so far. Yeah. I mean, we're at, um, 2,500 plus listeners so far, so it's just been a great run. And, uh, hopefully you guys have been seeing on our social media, uh, special teams FB and Brian Jackson 20, we've been putting out some really cool video snippets, uh, that's been coming from these podcasts. You're going to see a lot more of those. Uh, but just connect with us and stay tuned because uh, you don't know what you're going to see next on the 4th Down Experience podcast. See you guys later. Thanks again for the support. Until next week. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.